and welcome to the DMs Book Club, where each episode, Fiona and I take a look at some Dungeons & Dragons and how we may put it in our role-playing campaigns. I added something in there, I don't know why. Yeah, I like it, I like it. You got your own spin on the introduction now, fantastic, I love it. I I don't know, it's because I needed to to pause between the last bit to get myself to like remember what it was, so I thought, I'll just chuck that in. I'll just chuck it in. you're a natural improviser, Hamilton. There you go. You need to take some improv classes and then something like that. I don't need the classes, though. <gasps> you know what? I don't need to rehearse because it's all improvised. That's what exactly. they say. <laughs> yeah. Why do you need to re- rehearse for improvisation? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, how are you, Hamilton? How are you doing? I am doing very well, thank you. Um, we've already recorded today, so this has been a busy day. Isn't it? Very busy day, very busy content heavy day, which is it's just yeah. lovely. And just yeah. bits bits of other pieces in between and then we're like, oh hello again. So this is exactly. all very nice, very nice. How's RPGs? How's D D in general for you? RPGs, D Ds. Uh yeah, so as as I've been saying, I haven't been playing as much D and D. Uh so but I am writing up a spell jammer campaign at the moment. Oh. So I am I am going back into the lore of that, looking a little bit at the new stuff, which is interesting because there's some of that early doors uh, adventure stuff that you can um, mm-hmm. start having a look at. All the monsters and everything. Yeah, the monsters, exactly. Uh, but I'm just going back into what we looked at when we looked at the original 2E setting and mm. uh, going from there, really. Because to be honest, I doubt, it really it doesn't really require because it's such a the additional things to it are so additional that you mm. can just add them in if you know what i mean it's not like mm. i'm assuming obviously there will be a real reason to buy the new one <laughs> but i'm saying if you want to get spell jamming right now you yeah. can you you can do because you can just adapt those uh, those different mm-hmm. elements of of space travel and being in space to whatever your campaign is do you know what i mean mm-hmm. as in to to 5e rules because they're additional rules they don't really rely so much on the things that are different between the two editions is kind yeah of pretty at. much yeah. and uh, we've said that about every sort of yeah. setting we've come across it's like this is really cool you can put it into 5e very sweet. i think 5e mm. and the d20 open license yeah. in general because it's not obviously it's not mm. just D that has that it's it's very easy to port things in and maybe that's that's one of the biggest strengths of it but also one of the yeah. criticisms of it is like well these other rpgs what we'd love to try but people go oh but everyone knows 5e so i i think there's, there's bonuses yeah. to it or not but i think that's really cool that you're going back and looking at the stuff because we only really looked at it this year beginning end of last year was yeah, yeah that's 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 what it was but yeah so that's that's really cool actually that you know it is full circle it is it is it's a bit it was useful that i come i could come into it a little bit less blind if you know what i mean like i i already had a, an in into what it works like mm. i think the only thing that's concerning me slightly and being honest about it is the ship combat and how to navigate that uh, in an actual <laughs> way it can be quite complex and yeah. quite ship based and so I'm trying to figure out how I manage that. Maybe I need to get a player in the game to also be a bit of an expert on that. Mm. Like instead of having everyone, just get someone else that I just bring along on board mm-hmm. who becomes the sort of the sort of ship commander. Yeah, it's the looking after the ship yeah. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It just looks after ship stuff and also knows all the ship rules so that I can I can have that sort of I could mm-hmm. be focusing on the ship that may be attacking them at the time and stuff like that. And also Definitely. getting them feeling like, allow them to sort of DM in inverted commas that mm-hmm. set of the, their players, you know, sort of saying, oh, so what are you going to do? Like, let's, you know, be the captain sort of thing. So yeah. um, I think that's going to be 
but it's just trying to. I'm just trying to figure that out. But yeah, so yeah. That's been... I mean, I can imagine for now. Again, yeah, Spelljammer. The when it comes out in a couple of months' time, it's definitely yeah. going to have its own ship combat. We could definitely look at what uh, Salt Marsh is given for ship combat, and mm-hmm. then base it on that yeah. as well. So yeah, obviously they. We've talked about this in our D and D. It's not called D and D next. I can't remember what it's called now. The D and D Direct. Are you sort of? correctly predicted that they're probably going for a more minis feel of it so maybe yes. we'll see more spell jam and mini and that's like like mm-hmm. we did in, in the previous yeah. edition of it so that will be interesting maybe they are banking on more people having uh in-person games and stuff. i think i might set up i don't know if i'll show it yet again this is all it's all like to be stuff i'm all thinking about but it's like do i get a vtt set up with a very simple star map hex grid mm. i could pull in the one that's from the original 2e and just use that with some images on there because I think it would be quite easy to set up in um, Tailspire, because it doesn't need space. It just needs space. It doesn't need any land mass. It just needs miniatures. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll we'll do something like that. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just figuring out all those sorts of things in the background. So that's my mm-hmm. that's my D and D. The other thing, actually, I'm looking at Pirate Ball for another mini series, and mm. that actually has a very simplified, very Morgiborg OSR sort of variation of ship combat which is very cool. You can do very limited things and they're very easy to understand. So mm-hmm. all pulling from all different sources. Yeah, that's always very good, I suppose. Speaking from pulling from all different sources, mm-hmm. yes, shall I tell you what we're doing today? What our subject? Oh, you are the Subway queen, aren't you? I, like, I, literally. I, oh God, I wish. Please sponsor this podcast, Subway. <laughs> yes. You're like the meatball marinara of this show. I am just purely the BMT. Oh, you're, you're more than the BMT. You're more That's than my the second favourite. The meatball marinara, though, everyone does agree. I was going to say, you're the BMT to my meatball marinara. (laughs) You're the cookies in the meal deal for me. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, that's so low. I'm not even a sandwich. Oh, no, no, but... Right, okay. Let me tell you what we've got going on today. (laughs) So, Hamilton, we've had... You know, we've discussed Unearthed Arcana previously. Uh, It's always a a nice, easy uh, little bit of content that we can do. Um, Mm. Something came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, which we've only just managed to get around to chatting about because we've been very busy yep. talking about you know stuff like Ravnica and other other yep. different sort of multiplayer and all things as well in the background so mm-hmm. today we're going to look at Unearthed Arcana 2022 Giant Options yes uh, it's five pages of essentially uh three classes three subclasses sorry and a bunch of feats that are related to giants and mm. and giant-like entities and such things what did you make of this? I, I'll start this out. What did you make of it when it came out, Hamilton, when you saw that next UA giant options? First, I was like, okay, I I, I really did think uh, at first, I assumed it would be sort of a, a species race sort of thing, sort of like we're going to be able to play giants now. So that's cool. I'm up for that. Like mm. already got the, sorry, we've already got the Goliath class, the option. And so mm. I thought, here we go. We're going to be able to play giants. I don't know yeah. how that's going to work. I thought, oh, you'd have really low DCs, but high speed, but you your AC is really low because you're massive. So like you've mm. got you've got, but then you've got high strength, but maybe low dex. We could, obviously with the Tasha rules, you can adjust those things. But I thought maybe that the that was how they would balance out the fact that you would be big. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then there's also that ability that if you are a giant, how do you get in dungeon crawling? It always becomes a bit interesting. So what I think they've done is they thought, well, it's really hard to make giants like race work is mm. so much in the sense of being huge then how do you do dungeon crawling it requires you know a lot of thought process into that for players which i think is interesting anyway because if you're going to do that you make the campaign around it so mm-hmm. you know whatever but what they've gone for here it then what 
is the sort of secondary which is allowing you to become giant uh, as much as you possibly mm. can and sort of embody that in a way that allows you to, to stack things adjust your stature and and then it surprised me with some really really useful sort of tools that i've been mm. like well actually i just want that in in D anyway and i think it's needed yeah. the path of the giant particularly barbarian one i thought was like triple tick super like, fun yeah super fun bit of context for this we're at the time of recording so they've just in the last couple of weeks they've retired both volo's guide to monsters and mordekainen's tome of foes uh as saying that these these books whilst mm. they have some good content because of monsters of the multiverse coming out we're retiring these two books because a lot of the content is in mordekainen presents yeah as a result, though, in those two books, both Volos and Monokainen's, there's actually quite a bit of lore that has yet to be reproduced anywhere else, particularly Giants, which I believe is in Volos. We did it as our first episode yeah. in uh, DM's Book Club. So we sort of we've had this quick scour on the forums beforehand, like what would be the reason behind having this UA? And some people think maybe it's like a, a new ad- adventure or campaign setting based on something yeah. coming out that involves a giant-like uh, entities. It could be uh, like maybe they're revamping the old, uh, not even old adventures, was out a couple of years ago, but Storm King's Thunder, which was around the giants uh, mm-hmm. and their lore there. Or it could literally be a source book similar to Fizzband's Treasury of yeah. Dragons about one that's giantly based. And I was thinking about it, and as you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, so there's no necessarily lineages of giants, even though there's quite a number of them yeah. in the thing. But whereas Fizzband's, it introduced... The idea of the the gem dragons and the gem dragonborns and all that sort of thing. Like, well, gem dragons have been around for ages. So, I think it's very interesting that they've started off with yeah, you said giant options, which is like a little testy bit to, to go for it. Storm King Thunder two, probably more likely, isn't it? You think? Oh, that'd be cool. Like, yeah, like the aftermath of because you could adventures. see that then maybe your players have been have gained the benefits through i actually haven't played stalkers i've listened to a podcast but they've only just hit the giant so i don't actually know what happens at the end so no spoilers please is there a way that that could have in you know infused people or, or, or maybe there could be some sort of bond with the giants through it i don't know like maybe that's what it could be yeah which could be quite exciting and as again as we discussed on this podcast previously mm. the giants do have this rivalry sort of uh, ancient grudge with dragons mm. so it would make sense that a sort book of some sort could be in the works or, or at yeah. least maybe a supplement of some sort and I, i'll admit i really enjoy like reading upon the lore about giants so there's very interesting this idea of the ordering and like how they sort of fell from grace and there's all the different kinds of giants and how they all have their own different motivations and and drives and stuff like that so to have something like this is actually quite exciting i think and so yeah like okay. you said we've, we're going to look at the three subclasses so barbarian the path of the giant uh the mm. druid circle of the primeval and yeah. Wizard, the Runecrafter. Love all three of them. Yeah. I must admit, I'm very much a fan. They did a couple of videos with Jeremy Crawford about like you know why these subclasses and stuff. And each subclass, I think, has something that will go, ooh, that's really shiny. I really want to play that. I really want to do that. They bring something different and they bring back a different aspect of a giant or the giants as in D&D, like their sort of lore to the classes. So... Yeah, I'm actually, I'm quite keen to see it. I will say that before we start, that on the videos that they did, they did sort of, they kept emphasising, 
we know this UA is broken. <laughs> like it's overpowered. You're giant. You're going to be super strong. It's going to be things. So that's fine. We know that. And I found that was interesting. That's the first time I've ever seen them going, yes, you don't need to tell us it's super broken. But maybe it's a bit like, you know, um, Strixhaven, they gave us, they gave everyone spells, you know, which does then sort of like, if you had one person in your campaign who had spells, then you'd be mm-hmm. like, well, that's not going to, you know, that's unbalanced mm-hmm. because this person's got an additional set of spells. But if everyone, got them mm-hmm. and it's not overpowered because you just you just balance the suit don't you yeah. and i think also we shouldn't be too scared i mean there's there's being ridiculous and then there's once you remove all the rules then is it D anymore i guess so there's there's that yeah. argument we had but i think some classes i think we've we've raged as much as any barbarian over <laughs> level 20 abilities before yeah. and mm-hmm. i think that this because i don't think actually when they get high enough they do go overpowered enough sometimes mm-hmm. and i think this uh adds a little bit of that in and I think also, I don't know, I think some of the items are pretty cool at low features, like when we get onto the Path of the Giant, that I think are necessary to actually overcome issues that are in the play, that can yeah. happen in play, So, yeah. which I think is fine. Yeah. And and from my point of view, again, I, I sort of talked to you this off podcast, I feel like, you know, I love a challenge as a DM. So, and I, if I know that the party, like, oh, someone is always super strong, but the others are not so strong, well, then I need to obviously think about balancing that combat stuff. But, like, if it's getting too easy, then I'm going to have to throw more stuff into the, you know, I need to make yeah. it interesting. And why not? Like, I think it's something for me, I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to try a one shot with any of these uh, subclass yeah. options. I, I don't know what this attitude of like, oh, it's too easy for the players to win. You should mm. be supporting your players to have a good time. Exactly. And it should yeah. be an exciting thing going, oh, I've got something for you in this yeah. encounter. You I think know. there is definitely, there's the excitement of being on close to sort of like losing to a certain extent, you know, but oh, being able, knowing that you can overcome it and making sure your players try and achieve that in the best yeah. way. Because, and doing things that are cool. I know some people don't enjoy that, but I, I am all for rule of cool. Yeah. And so if this allows, gives you things out of the book that could do that, all the better. So then, what are they then? <laughs> Let's look at them. All right, so yeah, so we said we've got this barbarian. Uh, let's start with that one. The barbarian, the path of the giant. And this is a offensive subclass, but also uh, it could be used as a utility and it was sort of described in the video with Jeremy Corfield as a, this is what embodies what Unearthed Arcana is about. Uh, this idea that you're drawing on the primal forces, that you are a giant and those sort of mm-hmm. elemental ilk of the same thing. And you're connecting to those classic elements of what it is to be a giant. So essentially, you know, you get bigger, uh, you increase in size, uh, you do elemental damage as well with your weapon. Your weapon can come back to you. You can throw your enemies or your friends across the battlefield uh, with mighty impel. You know, that's quite fun. It's just this idea that you are raw, like untamed strength and you can just use that to embody things. And uh, there is a bit of a four element into this. Like they made it sort of clear that, yep, you can play four. And I th- it's, it makes sense that you are super strong. You are, you're almost godlike in a way that, that you just use your, when you rage, you grow bigger, you go stronger. It just, yeah feeds into all those elements from there it is really cool i I love it it's like it feels like why is this not being a barbarian thing before class (laughs) subclass you know because it just feels like so naturally born for it Mm -hmm. and well you know you go to your grog strong jaws who are you know goliath barbarians you know it's quite a classic combination um and so it feels like this is a great sort of bonus onto that 
what do you gain then? What do you gain then? So what do you gain? So yeah, so level three, uh, you get two features. You get a giant power where you just learn giant essentially, and you can learn uh, druidcraft or thaumaturgy as a cantrip for mm. your choice. When again, it means like you're sort of booming or you're connected to that those elemental yeah. bits a little bit. So that makes sense. The other feature you get at third level is giant's havoc. Your rages are pulling strength from the primal might of giants, transforming you into a hulking force of destruction. So when you rage, you use one of your bonus actions to rage, you gain the following two benefits. So one is a crushing hurl. So when you make a successful rage attack with a thrown weapon using your strength, you can add your rage damage bonus to your uh, damage roll. And I know that sounds like a lot of words, but essentially it means that you can attack from range with your when you're ranging, raging, sorry, and add the damage to it. Because currently you cannot do that as a barbarian. You have to be up close in the fight when yeah. you're raging. You- Which to me just makes, like, as I said, is one of those things where it's like, well, this is just a, f- a factor of rage that annoys me. Like, yeah. why can't you do it? You have to be in the in the center of it. You can't go back Which necessarily. I get from a sort of like you think of it from a fundamental top down perspective. Yes, you're a barbarian. You're meant to be front of the pack. You know, like you are a damage taker. You're a tank, right? Mm-hmm. However, we play D and D. There's things that fly. There's things that run away from you. It's just like Constantly. the most frustrating thing that and it's the simplest thing like if you're fighting the dragon the dragon flies 30 feet in the air and you're the barbarian and you're like well what am i gonna do i just someone throw me like yeah, you are constantly running behind you're like using all your movement i dash to get here and they've teleported yeah, <sighs> yeah and it, it's yeah. so irritating whereas yeah, exactly. if you could do it from yeah. range yeah you could do damage you could do that you, you yeah, know you have an ar- you know bow and arrow but you don't have the same effect again that's the whole point of this class so yeah i think that's an excellent yeah. thing and again we've not had that before and then the second benefit you get is giant stature where your reach increases by five feet so you have uh you know a 10 foot reach at level three essentially uh and yeah. you get you Perfect. become large essentially so you when you rage you like sort of you know you you grow larger and that totally makes sense and i love that i think that, again visually that's very cool and also it could be quite unexpected if you don't know that your your new mate that you've met in uh the the yeah. jail has suddenly just hulked out essentially and and it's yeah. bigger and it's like where are you going and you're like no you yeah, know. get over here get you know it's here. That. <laughs> but it makes again it makes so much sense because it it just it gives you not only does this now give you a range attack but it also gives you 10 foot of space to, to play with as the barbarian who's fighting i use um cleaving rules in my D, particularly my barbarians of when i had a home game my barbarian utilized that way too much <laughs> but it was all but uh, it was great because like i did check in with players because they were taking a lot of the kills because of the like low of the low level like yeah. minions but everyone was like that's kind of what they're meant to do then if they had a 10 foot uh range i'd totally allow them just to go you know like just yeah. minion you'd i just add more minions in and allow yeah. them just to be because that will keep them busy and then i can go and attack my wizard you know like because yeah. that's what you're you know that's what and then they can make those decisions on the fly and it gives you so yeah. much more i think it just makes it so much more fun instantly you're like this is so cool as a result yeah yeah yeah, yeah. adding adding your rage to rage damage to your to your range of rage damage to your range, range attack attacks, yeah. and becoming bigger there yeah. we go get for it um yeah. then level six you get this elemental cleaver so what we were saying about before triple tick yeah triple tick when you enter your rage you can infuse one weapon of your choice that you're holding with one of the following damages so acid cold fire thunder and lightning that weapon's damage type changes to that chosen type and it deals an extra d6 of that damage when it hits and gains the throne property which is yeah so it's like 
so cool as a result. So it changes that whole weapon yeah. property to that. That again is very cool. And if you hit or miss, it reappears back in your hand. And then your bonus action is that you can change the current damage type to another one. So as we know, acid really early on. Um, mm. is it, no, it's poison, I think. That's not in there. But yeah, things become yeah. immune to acid later up. You're like, great, yeah. I'm just going to change that to cold damage yeah. or fire or anything. Like, it's not out of the... They're not ridiculous damage stuff. You can imagine it, can't you? Like, you've got, like, your hammer or you've got your... I'm imagining axe, right? And you've got a bur- you've got this uh, burning axe and you just go... <laughs> cut through. And then you go ice. Like to like sort of like overdo it, and you'd just be like flip. You'd like you'd imagine them flipping the axe around as a bonus action to change the thing, or like yep. casting a rune over it, and then poof, another attack. And it, yeah. I, what it, all it's doing is what what I did when we talk about rogues is making me super excited about playing a barbarian. Yeah. Like I've always liked to play a barbarian. I played mm. one before in a one shot, but mm-hmm. this makes me go like tick now I, I all the things that have put me off a barbarian have mm-hmm. all been solved by this yeah and it's a great use of a bonus action as well like you know mm. because there's not maybe not so much as a barbarian that you would do with your bonus action necessarily from apart from raging right level uh 10 then mighty impel so this is the one the hurling people one essentially yeah. for a bonus action when you rage you can choose one medium or smaller creature within your reach so that 10 foot reach comes back and you can mm-hmm. move it to an unoccupied space you can see within 30 feet of yourself and obviously an unwilling creature must uh, succeed on a strength saving throw, which it will probably mm-hmm. lose because you are going to be super strong. If at the end of its movement, the thrown creature isn't on a surface or a liquid it can support, the creature falls, taking damage as, it, as normal and landing prone. So you could just pick up something and then throw it, you know, 30 feet up into the air, essentially straight up and then, yeah. or, or a little bit further around. So you could have so much fun with yeah. this. So, and this obviously inc- includes friends and allies as well. If you're like, I need to get over there, you're like, excellent. And you could just throw them, uh, you know, you want to scoot them across the battlefield essentially they don't have to necessarily arc it in such a way you, yeah so i think that's really cool you can scoot people across the battlefield for a bonus action no i think that's it and it's exactly that again it's just going back to those dragon fights and you've got the someone who's a fighter who who is very good on melee combat it's like chuck me up there you know like i want to land you know go and grab onto the dragon and then start like you know i don't know it's those sorts of battles that you're just coming to mind and just making you really just versatile more versatile yeah. in that in those scenarios finally the 14th uh, level uh and i'm going to say this from demi good uh, Colossus ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it just everything increases again. So now your reach is, t- is ten foot. Oh, so maybe it was only five foot before. Sorry, and then it's ten foot now. No, it increases by ten foot. So it's now 15 oh, fifteen. Foot. And yeah. there you go. Whoa, that's ridiculous. That uh, and now great. you are now huge. And then you can move creatures with your mighty impel uh, that are larger or smaller. So rather than medium, the smaller. And the damage of your elemental cleaving, which is makes me think now, party of barbarians throwing each other at things. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. now at that level, you could be large. So you're both large. You both just like chucking barbarians at, ooh, at ooh, dragons ooh. or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, take aim, fire. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is, I just like, a party's going to come to a uh, like a chasm and they're going to be like, well, how far's the chasm? It's 25 foot. Rage! Chuck yeah. everything! Go, just go, keep hitting yourself go. to like yeah, get them punch, and keep the rage going. Punch it's just in the a bonus face. action. Yeah. yeah, you punch them <laughs> in the face, they throw you. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to add that as like a way to like you can pay a toll at the bridge has been broken, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and there's just a barbarian there who just throws people across <laughs> for money. You have to punch them to then get thrown across. It's very much like that Monty Python, a Holy Grail, where there's the bridge, and you have to answer truthfully a question. It's like, what's your favourite colour? And you're like, 
blue. No, wait. Uh, <laughs> you just fall off like that. You just do that with a with a um, with a giant throwing you off. All right, let's move on to the second subclass. Then this is mm. the druid subclass. So the, the circle of primeval. Mm-hmm. Now this one has a tagline which I absolutely love, which is that though the land may change over time, it never forgets. Mm. So instantly you're like, ooh, elephants. Elephants, no, no, older than elephants. We're go- we're we're going proper prehistoric with this one. We're mm. going dinos. And again, in the video with Jeremy Crawford, he was just like, yeah, yeah we want dinosaurs. Can <laughs> I just want- say, I, I, I'm gonna be honest here. I just did not get the dinosaur thing until you mentioned it. I was just like, oh yeah, like big animals. Yeah, I guess so. I just didn't. I, I said raptors and saber toothed tigers, but I was just thinking like ancient predators. Like, oh, okay, mm. like yeah, that's like one. But I didn't think. Or like completely. Oh yeah, this is all about dinosaurs. Yeah, like, I don't know why. But I think that they flavored it in such a way so that it's like mm. yeah, I, I think maybe the first thought for many people be like, oh yeah, I want to have a, a dinosaur, a stegosaurus mm. as my mm. thing, or a raptor. Yeah, raptors again, it makes mm. sense because they're slightly smaller. But it does say like you know basically these it's more spirits that are bonded that they take mm. on forms of ancient predecessors to today's common beasts and other fantastical titanic creatures so you could easily just make up something or go and have a look and go ah yes a saber-toothed tiger or something or or just like a woolly mammoth or something like that you know it it could be any of those things which i think is really really cool and it's yeah this idea with the we've we've talked about druids very recently on dean's book club but this idea that they're part of these uh sort of organizations or societies that for this one the circle of primeval they spend their lives delving into the long lost long forgotten places and preserving the remnants of bygone eras mm. very similarly um this particular subclass it's sort of very related to other classes we have so for example with the the ranger and Beastmaster, yeah. we've got the artificer and the battlesmith they're sort of the that mm. subclass with the steel defender and also druids and the wildfowl spirit as well so that having a companion or, or something with you like a tool or whatnot which can um or a creature sorry that can help you and aid you in in battle and with your quests as well so that's what they're trying to do here and i think this yeah. works to an extent it does feel like i think beforehand you'd be like oh it has to be ranger beastmaster if you wanted something similar to this but now they're like why can't druids have it and it makes more yeah. sense with the druids with the uh, the ancient connections to the earth as well so i think the, the flavor of it's really good i feel like i've, I've always been surprised that there and it was something i was going to bring up when, when we maybe talk about ranger soon that mm-hmm. it seems weird that druids haven't yet really got the Beastmaster like obviously they wild shape but mm-hmm. this is just like well just alter wild shape to companion and you've got it and like why wouldn't a druid be able to have mm. like you know you imagine the druid with a, a hawk or an owl uh, beside them you know or something yeah. like that you know that seems like a quite a classic trope that hasn't really been explored and so yeah. I'm quite interested in this yeah it's interesting again it's just that, cause that's just reminding me in the video itself uh, Jeremy Crawford was talking about like not everyone who plays a druid wants to be shape changing all the time and like mm. wild shape is obviously the big thing with druids right they, they can do this amazing yeah. thing so here obviously you can use their wild shape to call forth the the creature of their choice you know and it's just another way of using that wild shape i just thought that was really interesting that this idea of somebody it's just that rather than being like well i change it's like no you're still yeah. connected and you're using those the the, the yeah. nature connection to uh, complete your work rather than you changing and i just thought yeah that makes yeah. total sense i'm totally up now to adding to any any druid class the ability to alter your wild shape now to you have a companion instead I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like because i think it's just it seems so obvious <laughs> and 
I don't know people, and I've put my note here, said, why not just have an extra character? It's kind of like, that was my response to people that might say, oh, but you're getting, you're, you know, then they can still use, they've got an, a bit, they've got an action, and then only using their, only using their bonus action, that they get a whole extra character. And I'm like, well, yeah, why not? Like, why not? Like, I don't think that's a problem. It gives them all they have to keep an eye on in the game, so it makes it slightly harder for them, as well as, like, why not allow the team to have extra extra things? Why not? Why can't they bring along their huge, like, ancient snapping turtle that is, like, it, that does yeah. the job? Because that's the thing. It's not necessarily looking at... So, yeah, so they have their own primeval companion stat block, yeah. where quite a lot of these uh, subclasses that have... Oh, what's the word for it? Yeah, a companion or, or something like yeah. that that you can use on your as your bonus action. They don't necessarily scale up in the sense of, like, it's still, like, a 1d8 plus something it's yeah. not like 5d8 if you're doing a spell or if you're hit you know no. it's it's still a peanuts i yeah. would think you just get an extra chance to do a bit more damage and that that's yeah. everyone wants that you know it's just another attack on uh, using something else so yeah yeah i mean i might even yeah i think i'd have to look at it in more detail but if someone wanted to go even to the like whatever your b shape can do you can just make that a companion i'm happy for that i might even say that and see how that works i think that would be worth interesting to play testing it out absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. so looking at the features of this class so these ones and i think this is quite common with the with the druid circles well but i forgive me if i get this wrong but they they start at level two getting the circle stuff out so you get keeper of old so that means that you just get insight into the ancient world essentially so you just gain some proficiencies and stuff which means you can roll a d4 whenever you make a history check and add that to the number of the ability. I mean, I don't make too many history checks, <laughs> yeah. but um, but that's quite cool. Again, if you're planning to, I think Druids, are, we've talked about this before on DMs Work Club, they are very interesting and you can really add lots of cool lore if you including a lot of druids or if you want to include different uh, circles and mm-hmm. so that'd be quite cool to have as a way of getting lore out yeah the other feature you get at level two which is we've mentioned it already this primeval uh companion so yet you you expend one of your wild shape slots and it appears in front of you it's friendly to you and your companions and it basically commands blah 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 blah, blah. the only thing i wasn't sure about is like how long your companion is with you for remains until it's reduced to zero hit points or until you die at which point the companion vanishes but if you're using your wild shape you get your wild shape back you you see what i mean like where yeah. i i don't know for me because you're, you're using oh, it a says, no yeah but it says if you use this feature to summon the companion again and you already have one present the first companion immediately vanishes but yeah you will gain your wild shape back but you can't have two companions so i guess it, i guess because yeah. for, for me that wild shape uh, as far as i remember it's like you're there for an hour you're you're yeah. you you change yourself yeah. for an hour so then why does that not connect to your companion like i i, I agree yeah. that you should have your companion with you for as long as you want it for like the ranger yeah. has it and, and the artificer has it you don't uh at the you know you don't use a spell slot to have those things but i just thought oh yeah. that's interesting like you there's not yeah. i mean it's not that connected but it doesn't make any difference really I know, because like, oh. technically if it doesn't get hit then it can can last and you've got like it for infinity technically haven't you sort of thing yeah i think you are not gaining other things that other spell class uh, subclasses will gain mm-hmm. benefits wise like yeah. you're not gaining any spores druid is not picking up like you know your aoe effects and stuff like that that balances yeah. it out slightly so yeah. because really I... all you're doing is you're using up another slot for something new just to gain really an extended version of what you already have yeah pretty much pretty much but that, that was the only thing i had on that I was like oh i don't is there a time limit if not then what does that mean mm. but ultimately it doesn't matter really as long as you just make a note of it that when you get when you rest the creature doesn't disappear and you get your your thing mm. back as well moving on then to the sixth level feature you get a prehistoric conduit yeah 
I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, but never mind. Historic conduit, yeah. yeah. Conduit, okay. That's, I just, that's how I pronounce it. If you uh, cast a spell with a range other than self, the spell can originate from you or your primeval mm-hmm. companion. That's so cool. You could just send your saber-toothed tiger mm-hmm. or your woolly mammoth to the other side of the battlefield and he's like okay uh heal the person there you know yeah, or uh really you spell. know or chain lightning i don't think that's a druid spell but you know that you know you could do certain spells like that mold earth uh earth tidal mm. wave there you go cool spells <laughs> yeah. oh man could you imagine tidal tidal wave through an uh a woolly mammoth's like yes, trunk exactly <laughs> fantastic oh, yeah 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 yeah. that's cool and you'll get uh has advantage on saving throws if yep. uh it's confected by the spell you cast that allows creatures to make saving throws against its effects so yeah i don't so, know if it gets caught in an aoe it gets an advantage against it basically yeah and if and if it yeah it's very much like a evasion that sort of thing mm-hmm. it's like oh it, if it succeeds it takes no damage and it takes you know all that sort of thing which is very useful because you don't want to damage your lovely little creature level 10 we have titanic bond uh, your primeval companion grows to large and you can grant it either a climbing speed or a swimming speed equal to its walking speed, mm-hmm. which is pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Again, I can now imagine that actually your your creature is like um you know like an underwater creature, but like prehistoric, so you can breathe on land and in water. That'd be quite fun. Mm-hmm. Once per turn, whilst your uh, companion is summoned, if when you hit a creature with an attack or deal damage to a creature you can see when you, with a spell, you can force that creature to make a wisdom saving throw against the spell save, spell save DC. And on a failure, that creature is frightened of you until your next turn. So it's that idea that like, you're facing down something, and then behind you, you've got your huge companion, your large companion, sorry, like like looking down, and and that's why the, yeah you better run <laughs> and it's really because you've got your woolly mammoth behind you <laughs> can i say what i wrote down on this next one scourge of the ancients absolutely yeah level 14 this feature Go i wrote it. yes megazord <laughs> that's what i wrote because yes. i was like yes because at this 14th level you have yep. learned to fully harness the titanic legacy of your companion as part of the bonus action you can use to command your companion you can expend a spell slot at any level to heighten your primeval companions might granting it the following benefits uh, first one hulking behemoth the companion is huge and gains hit points equal to 10 times instead of five times <sighs> molar on a hit the companion stride deals an additional damage equal to 1d8 plus the level of the spell spot that's pretty expended. good so if you explain expended uh, what can they go up to sixth can they druids? Uh, druid, oh no druids are druids are like they're, they're full yeah they're full spellcasters so they can get to okay. nine so yeah that could be 98 if you so wish and the walking speed increases by a number of feet equal to five times the level of spell slot but all i was imagining it only lasts for an hour this one team of druids uh this is where i was having my rick and morty i was talking about earlier where <laughs> you get team of druids to get like five different dino robot things that then all connect to create a giant super dino robot. <laughs> and that's all I had in my mind. <laughs> no, I like that. I, I'm thinking more Power Ranger. I'm thinking more like, you know, like Digimon and there's yeah. a, like they powering up and all that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, that Mauler could be really fucking cool. Like you're like, okay, yeah. I've got to give it all I got. I, you know, I do have some offensive spells, but you know what? My primeval companion, that's a wild shape and ninth level, they're going to do a lot of damage. So before <laughs> when I was... Yeah. When I, yeah, when I said when I said before they doesn't bounce up, you can easily power your creature up and that's yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. I yeah. So I just I I feel there's a lot of flavour you can have with it. Like like we said, they could be dinosaurs, but it could be anything. I just thought, yeah, that's that's a really cool way of doing druids that, that aren't necessarily not changing themselves to be nature, but they're influenced yeah. and they're connected to that primeval uh yeah. connection to nature and stuff. So yeah, I love that one. Love that they're one. They're really cool. Really cool. 
So the third one, then, Fiona. Yeah, the third one. So this is the wizard subclass Runecrafter. Yeah, yeah, instantly. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, Runecrafter wizards enhance their spellcasting through the ancient power of runes. Shock. Uh, the runecraft magic has been expanded to encompass countless languages and practitioners across different worlds. So I love that idea that no matter where you are in the multiverse, mm. you will meet people who do the same thing as you, but maybe do it slightly differently. But they're yeah. all connected by this one overarching mm. theme of runes, which is quite cool. For many rune crafters, the runes they wield are every bit unique and personal as their spellbooks. Yeah. Makes me think of like cuneiforms as much as actual like mm. Nordic runes and stuff. So you can go for like quite different variations of hieroglyphs and stuff yes. like that. You know, you can take, you can just imagine Perfect. so many sort of ancient linguistics that you could influence. Because we've been doing a bit of plain stuff and there's quite a lot on the sort of uh, Egyptian pantheon in, mm. in there. But there's, yeah, I mean, there are so many out there in the world and people bring it like you know the great thing about dean uh, wizards now actually bringing in more outside influences than the mm. sort of eurocentric that we're used to i'd be really interested in i'm really looking forward to so much more of that and yeah imagine this wizard and then when we get to those sorts of uh those sorts of stories i think they could be i think this could be utilized quite well and adapted quite well i agree so yeah it's that idea that they're enhancing their spell casting through this h power of runes and applying it and it was interesting again in the video for this jerry mccrawford was like whilst we have like the bard who is the spoken word person mm. of the group Wizards are more the written word person of the group because mm. they have the spell books and stuff like that. So that idea that they're amplifying their spells through this yeah. thing and making and tweaking it and stuff like that. And that's actually a really cool idea. I hadn't really considered that. Mm. Like obviously, yeah, wizards there again, we've not really done a episode on wizards particularly, but this idea that they um, you know, they always have to have a spell book and the way they do spell casting is slightly different because they don't gain their spells naturally compared to say sorcerers. They have yeah. to learn it, they have to buy, you know, and it's yeah. always reading stuff like that. So again, it makes total sense that this would have it. There's a sibling class to this, a sibling subclass, um, which is known as the Rune Knight. That's in Tasha's, which I unfortunately didn't have, oh. have a quick look at. Yes. But it has similar things where they use runes to enhance their, their weapon skills, essentially. Mm. I'd forgotten about that one, actually, which is mm. a good, that's a good point. And I should have gone back and read it. Yeah, um, me too, me too. <laughs> so what they get then is mm. at second level, they gain two abilities. Uh, first is the runes of understanding, which is that you unlock the ability to understand and decode runes and languages uh, regardless of their origin. You always have comprehend languages prepared, so you can cast it without expending a spell slot and the spell doesn't count against the number of spells you have prepared. So that so is useful. actually so useful because the yeah. amount of times I've actually used put, I'm like, I'm when I'm playing a wizard, I'm going to probably need comprehend languages is always useful because then you don't have to worry about the party's language base and you just yeah. like, it's always, it's always a good like dungeoneering yeah. tool. Uh, as much as anything. And I think it's one of those things where, like, so you always ask, like, what languages do people know? And then they'll be like, uh, Dwarven and Gnomish. And they're like, nope. <laughs> you say, yeah, exactly. no, no one's going to, no, you can't read it. And I'm like, oh, that's a shame. Because, like, because I think, yeah. and that's the thing with all puzzles, right? Or anything like that, when you have a bit of writing, it's like, oh, you can't read it, but you recognize it as this. And you're like, okay, it's up to then the player to go, right, well, we'll go get this transcribed and stuff. And it's like, that, I feel that's stopping the story a little bit. And okay, maybe it's a bit of like a, yeah. It's not ex machina, but uh, yeah, it is like a, a yeah. you know, it's Deus ex machina. That idea that you you yeah. you you know, oh, you just so happen to know the language. I'll oh, move the story along. Just tell them what it says. Like, oh, but you recognise yeah, exactly. it in this origin. Yeah. So this this makes total sense. Like you said, having comprehend languages at will. You're like, oh well, I I actually I I read that. Um, it's actually just a leaflet. Uh. So then the next one you get is a runic empowerment. Mm. So when you choose the subclass, you learn how to amplify your magic through the application of runes. So. 
it just gives you some flavor there of like how that could be it could be that you're they're on your spell book they're they glow in your they glow like in front of you like as you cast a spell i was also thinking like witcher using those mm. runes that that they do to sort of like cast what's it called i'm just, uh, i can't even think of any of them now i used to play, play so much of it but like out Afri or whatever i can't remember what its name is but like igni and stuff like that and yeah. all that and you can imagine those sort of coming out uh, in the mm. space or you sort of mark them with your hands which yeah. reminds me of um that fantastic Overiles uh, by Hatchling Games, which yes. does uses the ASL and BSL sign language. And yes. so, you know, if that's a really, which is a beautiful, I mean, it's a whole beautiful game and story. And as someone who learned sign language with my daughter, it's such a, it, it's just a really interesting way to embody that. And if someone that's wants really to use cool. that, I think that's great. I, I think that'd be really cool as a way, yeah, that having maybe incorporating that, you know, sensitively, obviously, you know, oh, making sure people no. learn a bit yeah. into something like that. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I really like that idea. Well, yeah, exactly. And I'm just thinking it's some if it's a way to just yeah, to bring that knowledge in if people want to bring that in sort hmm. of thing, if they have it sort of thing. Yeah. So um I think that's cool. But and then with that you it allows you then to when you cast uh, a spell using a spell slot, you can invoke one of the following runes. Now first one I'm like Good God, if there are no healers, this is so useful. And as yes. someone who has been in parties that don't have a healer, yep. like the only healer they had was a ranger, which is not exactly the best healer. No, no, because they've got, they've got other stuff to be getting on with. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. absolutely. So, this having this, you, the life rune, when you invoke this rune, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. You can choose yourself. And the chosen creature gains temporary hit points equal to five times the level of the spell slot expended, which. Every time you're using a spell, which as a yep. wizard you're doing quite a lot, that mm-hmm. can be pumping out a good a good load of temporary hit points, you know, to to people. It doesn't yep. say it doesn't stack. I assume it doesn't. It does. Uh... I assume it doesn't stack because temporary hit points don't, tend not to stack in general. Yeah, it just doesn't say. It says you can invoke no more than one room per spell, and you can use feature yes. a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't see. I, it doesn't technically say that you could. <laughs> cast it three times on the same person they get damaged you do it again yeah 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 it's not yeah. it's not like that yeah no absolutely then the next one is the war room when you invoke this room you choose one creature between 30 feet until the end of your next turn attack rolls that target the chosen creature gain a bonus equal to half the level of the spell slot expended so you it's basically more like hunter's mark but for everyone in a sense yeah. so you mark a creature that you're you're, you're fighting and you give people uh, a bonus to half the, to so yeah round up to minimum of one um, yeah. on attacks which is useful and always good yeah and finally the wind room which is which is Your is more of a defensive speed. one yeah mm-hmm. exactly your speed increases by a number of feet equal to five times the level of the spell slot and your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attached to it i think is That's a really good really one good because yeah particularly for wizards who are you know glass cannons <laughs> as yeah. they're well known that yeah. if you find yourself crap i've actually somehow just been surrounded yeah. you know this all right I'm going to cast a bit of an AOE attack and so I can actually use an effect and gain an ability to expeditious retreat without having to use expeditious retreat. Basically. Yeah, retreat pretty much. And, and yeah, those yeah. that particular one, the wind rune, like, yeah, those benefits mm. last until the start of your next turn. So yeah, you you get yeah. out of there essentially, which basically. is very useful. But with interesting ones, any any spell or any any effect that affects your uh, uh, your movement? Because I always think like, why do I need that? And I realise it's because I never play a wizard or glass cannon characters. Yeah. So I'm like... Miss oh, Barbarian yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm like, whoops. So I'm like, oh yeah, that would make a lot more sense to have that. Yeah. And yeah, that's quite good. So yeah, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and then gain them back on the, on the long rest. Yeah, so, so that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it increases. And yeah, you could just easily, like you said, spend everything one turn after another going, uh, you know, life rune, life rune, life rune, life rune. And then you're like, right, yeah. um... 
that's me done for the rest of the fight, folks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's very useful. And I think having just uh, giving everyone the ability to have some form of like healing mm. ability is definitely useful in any oh. in any party. So yeah, agreed. Because if you're in a party when you've just got a cleric and they go down, you're like, everyone looks around going, uh-oh, <laughs> better get them up sometime soon. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, exactly. Uh, but they're surrounded by five werewolves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so next then, sixth level is Sigils of Warning. Warding, sorry, warding. You can call on a rune of protection to guard yourself against threats. When you fail a strength, dex, or con saving throw, you can use your reaction to expend one use of your runic empowerment and succeed on the saving throw instead. That's which again, really cool. Really good, really useful. And that's at level six. Particularly again, as strength, dex, and con are not generally... You know, they are your dump stats. Uh, and so if you've got one of those that you always know is dump, you can just say, well, I'm just going to succeed that saving throw. And that's going to, that's a really great sort of addition. I, I wonder if they'll change that one so that you can roll a d6 and add it to your thing. Yeah. Because I feel like, cause I, that, yeah, because I feel like I don't know any others that are like, oh, you instantly succeed. Because instantly I wrote down, oh, like a legendary resistance. <laughs> like yeah. you can just, you should, can just choose to succeed if you expend that reaction because yeah a reaction you're like oh yeah fine whatever but it, it still you still take half damage on something mainly mm -hmm. on those sorts of ones it doesn't it doesn't affect the, as much what i think is interesting that actually what you're going to be attacking uh wizards with sometimes is actually intelligence based things because you want to like stop them from actually casting sometimes yeah. but then sometimes you go about that through like grappling and stuff like that so I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of like it'd be a nice play of like he's casting. He needs. He wants. He needs to do uh, somatic components. You know. So hold his hands, and then he like you go to grapple. And it's like oh, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Spells. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think it's kind of fun in that way. But I think it's quite fun. And the more we can rogue up people, I'm totally up for that. I was gonna say instantly. I was like, oh, that sounds like a, a Hamilton special. So yeah, it's exactly. all good. <laughs> Just adding rogue to every class. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, what's the next one then, Fiona? I've talked a lot about these people. So, uh, so level ten, uh, we have the ru ruin. Uh, ruin. Rune Maven. I know. You see Ruin why I took Maven. over. <laughs> you yeah, see yeah, why yeah. I took over. No, I, I understand it now. So at level 10, we have the Rune Maven. Uh, and so this, basically, your understanding of runecraft has just increased immensely, essentially. Mm. So you now have the Arcane Recovery feature, uh, which is a wizard's classic, uh, where mm. essentially on a, a short rest, you can regain a number of your expended uses of normally it would be a spell slot uh yeah. on a on a on a short rest but now you can regain you can also regain a number of expended uses of runic empowerment so those runes yeah. we talked before that's really useful and you can you know it tells you you can regain no more than up to half your intelligent modifier so you, you can't regain them all perhaps but you can regain mm. some that's useful and it makes sense because you, you know you just it's a one-off thing i think you can do like put when you rest you like oh, oh, or when you use that feature sorry and then you gain it back on a long rest so yeah i think that's a really really cool uh one essentially so you get both a spell slot and some runic empowerment back that's yeah i thought i thought that was really cool yeah, because it says you also regain a number. So I think that's really good because it doesn't remove it from one yeah, or the yeah, other. It's which not is one or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The next one, I kind of like. It's a good utility yeah. feature. So what's that one? This one, yeah. So level 14 is engraved enmity. Oh, words. Uh, so as a bonus action, <laughs> I know. I just, oh, pronunciation guides, please, wizards. Uh, <laughs> I know that's just a normal word as well, so I just need I just need wizards to pronounce to do pronunciation guides on everything. Right phonetically. Right, yes, please, absolutely. 
So as a burst action, you can target one creature you can see within 60 feet of yourself. They must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or be magically marked by an, en- uh, an enmity, enmity rune. Enmity rune. Mm. Um, it appears as a faintly glowing molt of energy that hovers over the marked creature, which suffers the following effects, which I take to mean all of these effects. So mm. the first one is Runecraft's Bane. So the creature has disadvantages on saving throws made against spells you cast. That's just a blanket yeah. thing. That's quite, oof, that's quite hard. Yeah. Um, unveiled enemies. The radiance of the glowing runes make the creature visible if it is invisible and the creature cannot become invisible whilst the rune persists. That's pretty Great. useful. Yeah, there they really are. They're good. not moving. Oh, they're moving away. You can see that. And then finally, Woeful Curse. When you mark a creature and as a bonus action on subsequent turns, choices duration, you can invoke the rune to curse the creature until the start of your next turn. The next time one of your allies hits the cursed creature with an attack roll, target also takes 1d4, uh, 1d8 force damage and the curse ends. So mm. extra damage as well. So it can be seen. They have disadvantages on any spells put against them, and they also take extra damage if it hits with an attack roll. Mm. That's pretty good. So good. Yeah, and that lasts to the end of your next turn, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and so you can uh, you can cast that as a bonus action every turn, basically, to add the woeful curse without adding yes, it. So it just means right. they attack, use up the curse, then you have to reuse that bonus action for the next one, so long as it lasts, basically. But yeah, that's it's, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. yeah as it, the the which rune is, itself lasts for one minute, unless yeah. or, or until you lose your concentration, which makes sense because you're concentrating on marking that creature and mm-hmm. bonus action giving that damage damage as well, which is pretty cool. You can also, uh, so it, it's a long rest, so you can't do it you know, just once until you're a long rest, or unless you use a spell slot third level or higher to use it again. Which is good. I think this is a really good one. If you've got an enemy that you know is a flight risk that wants to go invisible, it's really mm. great for that to make sure you've got them. Giving disadvantage against anything uh, that your spells are doing is yeah. really good. If you've got someone who's got a high save DC, you know they're really high statted, and you can just at least put that disadvantage on. You're you're giving yourself that chance, aren't you, to yeah. to make those those spells land? I'm mm-hmm. just thinking in my mind, like Curse of Strahd, if you're fighting someone high level, like a high level lich or something like that, mm. or you know, this is where these yeah. things become really useful. Yeah, uh, it absolutely and, and it helps debuff them. It debuffs yeah. them in a way because even though they might go, oh, I'm going to fail this. Why? I'll use a legendary resistance. You're mm. like, okay, well then I've used that up using this 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 enmity thing, and they're still yeah. marked, and we can still see them, etc. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think overall it's really, yeah, I think that that's a really cool one. So yeah, I, mm. it all three of these subclasses, I've picked out really interesting things that mm. I wouldn't necessarily consider before. That certainly the Runecraft one, I. I will say I would not necessarily associate it with giants, but I like mm. it. I think it's really yeah. cool. Uh, all of them are cool, and they actually just provide something different to each other. It's what makes classes. me feel more about campaign setting because that's the one that really mm. goes to something primordial and sort of, you know, of a, of like ancient uh, era. So it just makes me think it because it, it doesn't necessarily relate directly, as you said, to giants. So mm. I feel it's a campaign setting based on that only, yeah. uh, and I think that's really interesting mm. maybe it's a nordic one like maybe, maybe. Going, going down that route because everyone they've mentioned thor mm. and you know giants are very prominent prevalent in in the nordic uh mm. pantheon as we've talked about in mm. well in our sister show that we might be doing sometime in some uh, in planes and stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know um yeah so yeah, yeah. so I, I don't know that makes yeah i, I love all of them though i think yeah. i think all of them make for 
make a big change actually to mm. to the sub the classes that they're they're playing with in a way mm. that it makes it makes barbarians more versatile it makes yeah. druids much more um again not so much more versatile but much more like just adds a complete different uh function yeah, element to it yeah. and then the rune crafter again makes them more of a utility craft uh the caster mm. than sometimes a wizard can i mean wizards can be because they can do anything uh, and mm. i think that comes down to spell choice but mm -hmm. it inherently makes them more utility which i think yeah. is interesting some exciting things there i think and i i will be yeah. keen to see like i'm very tempted to, i think we're all going to be tempted by the barbarian thing but i'm actually quite yeah. tempted by that wizard one actually i think because no, yeah. you could you could properly work out like oh well this will work this combination here and this combination here with these spells i think mm. you can get a lot with them and we'll finish off this this episode by sort of having a quick glance through the 10 feats they've given yeah, us um there, there is a lot and again it follows that similar thing to previous ua so the when we talked about the the heroes of crin stuff some mm. of these feats are sort of locked by prerequisites of certain levels which yeah. is good but they kind of break down into three sort of big categories essentially yeah. Uh, the first category is the rune feats, which mm -hmm. again, the, I presumably related to that rune crafter thing, but it's like a uh, rune carver apprentice and rune carver adept. You can't get the adept without taking the first, uh, the, the apprentice one first, and even then, mm -hmm. once you take that one, it's level four, and they're pretty good, I think. Uh, mm. Let me just get them here to read them out. Apprentice, so yeah, you've you've begun studying the art of the rune craft, which allows you to temporarily mark your items and imbue them with magic. So when you finish a long rest, you can mark a non-magical weapon, armor, piece of clothing, or other object, and touch it with the rune of your choice. That you can temporarily learn one level, one spell, and put it in this thing. And it's got a list, a very cool list, I think, of the yeah. different spells you can put in. Now, this is very cool because it's again not just for for you, but you can give it to somebody else. I think like you can like you know, yeah. or, or associate it with it. So, I, other wizard stuff has this has done it before, where you can imbued objects with with, uh, with spells that you can use like as a one off. This is really cool. Okay, with my highlight pen, just went all over it. So I was like, this is incredible. I love this. I think it's. Yeah so uh it's got so much like character to the idea of it the sort of ability to hand over things to other people mm -hmm. i think it's fantastic because i i the moon touch blade is always something i think of is like one i've always loved as a spell when you can add a blade with moon with the moon touch ability and so like i just think oh, being able to do that as a as the wizard every day being able to just like embody uh, you know you can imagine a very good um role playing between two characters that have a quite a bond one is a mm. wizard one is like maybe a barbarian or, or some sort of melee class mm. and it's about your connection between the two of you about you know and adding these you know adding the armor of agathus to to your yeah putting like the frost yeah. rune on like an armor and then it yeah or like a gauntlet yeah. or something like that and it just exactly. spreads all over you very cool I think that's really cool and the only and the only thing with the adept one is mm. that now you've become skilled with it is that after a, every time you finish a long rest you can mark a number of objects equal to your proficiency bonus yeah. with a rune and it sounds yeah it's it's a different room on each object so then you could literally have a, a class of like of, yeah. of, of up to five i think i can't again i can't remember what it is on on, yeah. on wizards percent yeah that's very cool so high level listen, yeah you would be able to do that wouldn't you yeah and that's the thing like, these level one spells are not to be sniffed at some of the, they're, they're all really really good so i'm just like thinking yeah so yeah it doesn't have to be wizard based i appreciate i said that because of the runecraft this is but, your captain the captain planet um based uh campaign i've always wanted to do because you go fire snow <laughs> wind earth together <laughs> we are 
Captain Planet, he's a hero. <laughs> That's amazing. Everyone puts uh, like twigs and, and stones yeah, together. Exactly. Or, 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 the runes. So we put, yeah, the runes together and then they form. Oh, amazing. You just all have rings that are just like uh, blank signet rings and then you just they embody them with, a, with the, the rune yeah. every day. And then you And it's like, you just can imagine like you've got the, the leader character you give heroism to and then you've mm-hmm. got someone... Uh, like the druid you add you give them thunder wave uh, mm-hmm. and then the cleric you give sanctuary and then you give to the to the fighters said like an armor of agathis at the front and burning hands to someone else and it's just like blood false life and stuff like that i don't know it's just amazing i just yeah. think that's so cool like, i think i think for me the those two are the coolest like coolest ones i wasn't expecting i think yeah. that's that's the thing from that absolutely yeah. The second category is just basically giant, giant, actual giant <laughs> themed ones, yeah. um, which are cool. So like it goes through all yeah. that sort of thing. So you've got the level four ones, you've got the, the vigor mm. of the hill giant, the keenness of the stone giants and the fury of the frost giants. Yeah. Each one of these feats, I will say, so those ones are level four. Uh, mm. Each one of these feats, they'll have two, there's sort of two parts to it. Some Usually some sort of increase in stat or something like yeah. that. So usually resistance or something or something else. And then um, some sort of like, thing you can do in in combat as well the one thing i wanted yeah. to mention i like they i will say the video they kind of poo-pooed the vigor of hill giants it's like oh it's nothing like some of the other ones but i think it's pretty good so mm. I'll, I'll just read it out so you manifest the resilience of of the hill giants granting you the following benefits now if you and i'll say this hill giants are at the bottom rung of the ordning and <laughs> they are you know they're just moving along they eat a lot so they're like very mm. typical but they have two things. So they have bulwark. So when they are subject to a, uh, to an effect that moves you at least five feet or will knock you prone, you can use reaction to steady yourself, and then you'll either move or go prone. Well, that's brilliant because the amount of times people are like, "And uh, thunder wave." Oh, you're not prone. You're like, "No reaction. I am not moving." Yeah, yeah exactly. Brr. Love it. That, that's cool. And then hearty health. When you're subjected to a spell that restores your hit points, you can gain additional hit points equal to your Constitution modifier. These additional hit points a number of times equal to proficiency bonus, and then getting them on a long rest. That's brilliant. I think that's such a cool. I guess because obviously, like hill giants, you may be like, oh, they're not as like elemental or anything like that. So what? They're so that that's such a cool feat. I yeah. think more people will be taking that because then you just can't get. I thought that was such a cool one. I think you, the other ones are very much on the very much on the nose. That you know, frost <laughs> giant gives you resistance to cold damage. You know, yeah. fire giant gives you resistance to fire damage. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's very much there. I don't know if we need to the stone giant. You get some cool dreamers magic. You can you learn detect thoughts. Guile of the cloud giant. I like that. You get the blur spell, which is really cool. Yeah, and silver cool. tongue. You gain proficiency in either the deception or persuasion skill. Yeah, which I think is quite cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Cloud giants are so again they're very cool in their lore. They have this thing where they have masks uh, to show emotion rather than their own face. And the more masks you have, oh. the more the more rich and more powerful you are. So you have all these sort of Venetian. Yeah, very cool. Anyway, sorry because that's yeah, the coolest thing about them. <laughs> That's cool. And then the storm giant is the maelstrom aura. Aura, you bonus actually surround yourself in an aura of a magical wind and lightning that extends ten feet from you. The aura lasts for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Uh, attack rolls against you have disadvantage. Uh, yeah. When they take us, they take force damage if they start their turn in there. It's very much like um, 
uh, swirling warding wind i think is the spell mm. uh, the, uh, that you get as a as a wizard uh, and storm's oracle you get a divination spell as a ritual uh, without using material components which is yeah, kind of interesting. that's pretty cool pretty cool so yes yeah, so that so that storm cloud and fire giant those are eighth level because they're a little bit more again going up the ordering a little bit a little bit more cool but even then i feel eighth level because they are very difficult creatures they, their challenge ratings are very very high so i was like mm. oh maybe i don't know i would put them as, at a higher uh level to unlock as a prerequisite but yeah. maybe that's just me because i just because i know this they're so cool again because yeah. I'm, I'm very biased they're very cool but they're very dangerous like giants, exactly <laughs> I, I like giants um yeah. and then the final one the sort of uh, miscellaneous category i said there's, yeah. there's two left in this there's the elemental mm. touched and then there's the outsized might outsized might mm. makes sense it's just like you gain a proficiency sort of like in the athletics or acrobatic skill you get you count as one size larger you have advantage on saving throws against being moved or not prone. So it's just like, you're slightly like tougher. It's not as hill giant-esque. Like, you actually aren't one size larger. You only count larger when oh. determining your carrying capacity and amount you can push drag there you on go. Which Apologies. So yeah, you can carry yeah. more. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that's okay. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little flavoursome, I guess. But like, I think compared yeah. to that bigger of the hill giant, it's not so much. But the elemental touched. Uh, this yeah. is your last airbender stuff. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I also thought, uh, you know what? I know who's not going to like the air one. <laughs> it's like, me. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's Fiona. Yeah. yeah the, neither feet need a prerequisite either. So you could get this really early on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you can, you can basically uh, learn, uh, so you learn either Druidcraft or Pharmaturgy. Yep. Makes sense. And then when you finish a long rest, you can choose an element you attune to, air, mm. earth, fire, and water. And depending on your choice, use a bonus action to do one of the following effects. And so, yeah, you can imagine air, you gain a flying speed or walking speed to the end of your turn. It's only to the end of your turn, so that's not too bad. I know, I know, yeah. The earth, you can cause the earth within 30 feet of you to become difficult terrain for a minute or until you create this effect again. During that time, you can move across the ground. So that's quite cool if you're like, oh, balls, like, you know, you get down and then you're tootling off there and you're like, oh no, and then tootling across back. I I think that's quite good. But but of course, that kind of leaves your allies a bit bit stuck, I guess. Yeah, it does fire you surround yourself in a cloud of ash and smoke and, and then your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks that's pretty good again adds you gives you a bit of roguishness and then finally yeah. water you create a, a forceful surge of water directed at a creature within 15 feet of you that you can see you must make a strength saving throw against the dc mm-hmm. or be pushed 10 feet away so no damage but you can just like mm-hmm. push them away very cool again yeah like i was thinking like like airbender push. yeah like force push essentially just like get them out of the way it go Really cool. Good shout. Yeah. You can create these effects equal to a, a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and gain them back on a long rest. None of those mm-hmm. effects are attacking and they don't do any damage. It's just more no. like getting you out of something or, or yeah. 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 And I think that's great. I think that's the thing. Because if you as soon as you have one that is a bit of attacking one, people are always gonna go, Well, I'm gonna attack. I'm gonna use mm-hmm. that. Because like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. But here you've got like, you know, you can get away by flying, you can make the terrain around you difficult you can cover yourself in smoke you can push people away so yeah all those things very very helpful i think just using the elements and using that primeval sort of yeah elemental thing to push people away so really interesting yeah i'm very excited about this this a a i a this ua i am so curious to what they're doing I, i i think i'm gonna put my money on a source book over an yeah, adventure okay. or a campaign, I think. Just, okay, yeah. but then I that entails quite a lot. Because as we said at the beginning of this episode, with the legacy content now sort of been put away, what does that mean for other things that were in that? So, for example, 
they had a whole thing about Yuanti, they had kobolds, mm. they obviously had uh, the goblinoids and orcs and stuff like that. They had their laws there as well. Does that mean they're going to completely change this? Because some of them are a little bit problematic in places. I'm not going to yeah. sugarcoat that. But then that would be cool. In a sense, like, could all these classic monsters, uh, Beholders, we've covered Beholders as well, maybe are mm. they going to get their own book? I don't think so. But I think Giants, because they, there's a lot to them. Yeah. I think a source book maybe for a primordial game is probably what's mm. coming or something like that. So maybe it's not a campaign. And and as with all source books now, it's part source book, part campaign guide, isn't it? Yes. It's like, it sort of like sets you up with something probably a bit like uh, Strixhaven and a bit like the Feywild one that's gone out of my head. Uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Wild Beyond the Witchlight, which is maybe yeah. more campaigning, I guess. But but it introduced the concept of Domains of Delight. Which exactly, and all that sort of stuff. There. Thank you so much, Hamilton, for talking with me. I, me being very excited about Giants. Yes. Well, no, I, I very much oh, enjoyed it, 100%. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, what, what have you got coming up? What projects can we find you doing if when you're not on oh. DM's Book Club? Well, exactly. Well, as, as, as I hinted at, so like um, Morkborg has been recorded and Ooh. the first one has been edited today. I've just got to, <gasps> I'm doing the music score for it because <gasps> very particular Whoa. so uh not personally writing i might do some as i've done with a lot of my shows i have written a piece of music for them but um let's see we'll see about that i love i but love I, the fact again you folks who've watched the show brief briefly say you the fact that Hamilton, you've got a whole drum kit behind you, <laughs> you do, yes. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna write it and i'm just there going drum kit <laughs> yeah no i mean as in, i have written like i've written the, the theme tune i made the theme tune to dragon's jewel i made the theme tune to yes. uh shattered realm and darkest timeline so why won't I make the theme tune to Mockboard? I don't know. Maybe I will. But um, <laughs> point is, I'm going to be scoring it uh, the next couple of days uh, with some music. I'm just just perfecting it. So uh, I'm not going to give a date as to when it comes out yet because I don't want to do that and disappoint. I want to when it comes out, you can find it on all my links at Dragon DM. I'm so um, excited for it. It's, it's like yeah. you showed me a couple of the proofs. Like uh, you showed yeah. me a picture and sent me a clip, and I was like, "Fuck, that is so cool." <laughs> I'm so excited by it. I am I'm so excited by so it. so pumped by it. And then Pirate Borg, as I said to you earlier, the Session yes. Zero last night, got a similar cast, some of the some faces you'll know, using our, uh, focusing around a backstory of one of our characters from Shattered Realm, Frankie. But if you haven't watched any of our other shows, it doesn't really matter. It's just us playing pirates, and that'll be another short-form show that we will do. So I'm looking Exciting. forward to Looking forward to that. And yeah, writing up my Spelljammer Bowies in space. Bowies um, in space. As in multiple Bowies in space instead of Bowie is in space, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) So it's Bowies. So there's there's appropriate apostrophe use in that. It will make sense when you see it. So many apostrophes. Yes, uh, that that so far at the moment is is all you can see me doing at the moment. Um, how about yourself? What, where, when, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> how am I doing? Oh, that's a different podcast entirely. But uh, yes, yeah. uh, who am I? My name is Fiona. What am I? I'm a podcaster. Oh my god, and, <laughs> and an improviser. Uh, yeah. Where where am I? I'm so glad you asked. Where what am I rolling? Is a twice monthly RPG workshop podcast. I love I'm so st- much. <laughs> I'm still working on the copy for this. Uh, but yeah, where is a, a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast show uh, where we talk and and play different RPG systems, and it's mm. so 
would lovely to have a, a co-host who's also been yeah, like we love Dungeons and Dragons. Don't get us wrong, folks. We yeah. absolutely love it. We have a whole show dedicated to it, but we also dedicate our own time to doing other things. Because yeah. yeah, we love that sort of thing. Um I've had a couple of interviews with some free league stuff. I've just organized some more interviews with some free league stuff. Hopefully gonna get on the uh writer uh behind the alien RPG. I've just been in contact with Ooh. them. Very excited for that. We've got uh the folks behind Into the Odd. Uh, which is oh. coming out soon. They'll be remastered because they've taken that over. Uh, there's another so when are you going to oh. get us that Blade Runner one? When are you going to get oh, us that Blade Runner one? That's not, that's not out until the end of the year, unfortunately. But hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm on some list. You know uh, what? If you want to get me on where and you want to get me on a particular where, if you do, oh, it, like, it, not it, hinting Blade, again. Not hinting Runner. again. Just saying, you know, I'm just I, making I, the note. I will let, I will, don't worry. I, as soon as I, I think, as soon as I get the review copy, if if I get the yeah. review copy, sorry, I think they'll be like, "Hey, Hamilton, are you free?" <laughs> let's, Good. Let's, All right, cool. I'm up for that. That's fine. That. Um, and then the other person that hopefully will be interviewing is a couple of people behind the game designer behind Vassan, which is a folklore. Oh, yes, RPG. big fan of this. It's yeah. very cool and very beautiful. They, they've got a, a supplement coming out, which is uh, focused on the British Isles and island folklore specifically. Yes which is very exciting yeah i'm interested in that actually because i think it's uh, you know as much as D is very eurocentric and i think that is that it's very eurocentric with an american eye if mm-hmm. if that's probably the way to put it and i think mm-hmm. um what is interesting there's a lot of folklore celtic as much as uh, as much as uh britannic i guess is the term a, a mm-hmm. breton uh that is has been forgotten and i think has got some really fun things in it that i think mm. will be which will be really interesting to really delve into because yeah as i said it's the americanization of Eurocentric uh, yep. or fantasy um, has actually left behind a lot of things that I think will be mm. interesting as much as you know as, as any really <laughs> yeah but and it's true again bringing it back to D&D very quickly like obviously a lot of the stuff we looked at recently so like stuff on the bonus episodes like Al-Kadim which is more mm. of a sort of American slash Hollywood view of yeah. you know sort of what used to be you know mythological Persia and all that sort of yeah. thing and obviously that's not how it is now but now we're shifting away and having stuff like the Radiant Citadel coming out which is obviously always see from people's yeah. perspectives and i know we're still like a month away at time of recording well, for it to come out well, I can't. well what? fiona fiona what? What, as what, what, what? we sit here and have been yeah. sitting here recording this yeah. and i'm going to suggest we may have a 30 minute recording afterwards because <gasps> who has just been sent the first chapter because we can unlock the first chapter of the radiant citadel right now seven it. minutes oh ago seven oh minutes god. ago it's there <laughs> Oh my, so... god. oh my god okay 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up this episode very very quickly then so yeah so that's where um there's some other rpg yeah. systems there's some good yeah there's, we um, play games we'll see you later <laughs> We play games. See you later. Um, finally, finally, finally. Um, if you're interested in having an offer code, we are sponsored. We have an offer code for yeah. Third Space Gaming, uh, which is a your friendly local game store in Burnley, uh, where you can get ten percent off your first order, and that could be terrain, that could be the pre-order for Radiant Citadel, it could be a whole yeah. ton of things. Um, but go check them out. They're really, really lovely, and they support the show. Yeah. Until next time, I'm speeding up very quickly so I can push <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us and we will speak to you here you see you next time see you on see the flip side see you on the flip side that's so funny Whoa. <laughs>